BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. So, did anything happen last week? Fresh off our conversation with Jack Antonoff, we discussed the ramifications, the reaction, and my chair. Plus, the restrictions have been announced for Coachella 2022. And this week, we're joined by Nashville's own coin joins us to talk all things Bonnaroo, life during COVID, and their plans for 2022. Plus, some news about Bonnaroo tickets. All today on the What Podcast, which bands this year that matter, Lord Taco, Barry Quarter, Brad Steiner. It starts right now. Guys, how's everyone doing today? Howdy. Hi, guys. Yeah, hey. I'm good. Are you? I'm great. Are you? Very. Yes. Dad. I'm pretty good. Pretty, pretty. Feeling pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, by the way, just as an aside, my favorite moment of the Super Bowl was the Larry David ad. That was really, <laughs> really good. I don't know what kind of like Bitcoin that I just bought, but I really enjoyed it nonetheless. <laughs> it was you good. Saw Larry David and said yes. I said yes. Whatever the product is, is. I'm buying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, where do you guys want to start? I uh, I think we've got some things to talk about today. Are we, you want to start with Super Bowl? <laughs> Are we going to talk about halftime? And we could talk about the halftime show. Were you surprised that people didn't like it? No, and um, I was. I've been I'm thinking stunned. about this for a couple of days. Um. It felt it the, the further away from it, the more it feels like a pretty important moment to me. 
Um, am I surprised that people didn't like it? No, but I think the people who don't like it and, and post on social media that they didn't like it, it says more about them than anything else. And so and you're going to have to fill me in. I cannot believe I'm heading to Barry quarter to get the social media reaction. <laughs> but uh, what, what am I missing? What is the, like the going complaint about the halftime show? It was hip hop. So, so a lot of older people don't like it. Well, a lot of younger people don't like the who exactly. Exactly. And if it it's had been not, Florida, not Georgia line, it would, I know, but it was, it was the first, not the first hip hop, uh, halftime show, but it was the first big, huge production like that. It was a pretty important moment. It was a pretty intentional moment, I thought. And uh, I think it's being received that way by a lot of people who grew up with that music. What do you it mean feels big, like a huge shift. production? I don't, I don't really, what do you mean big, huge production? I mean, they've done that kind of large production stuff. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. I meant start to finish entirely dedicated to hip hop and, and in particular, those iconic, you know, uh, characters that were part Dre and Snoop and Eminem. I mean, it was, I, I mean, this is one of those things that I'll be honest with you. Uh, if you didn't like it, I don't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I exactly. Really I, got care. Some, I got some news for you. This might surprise you. I didn't watch it. I'm stunned. I yeah. cannot. Well, but by the way, for, for anybody that doesn't watch the Super Bowl. What were you doing? Uh, this will surprise you even more. I was watching golf. <laughs> uh, the, the Phoenix Open. Yes, the uh, Waste Management Open. Yeah. The People's yeah. Championship. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, they got those They got those trucks. Yeah. Those waste but, management trucks. Yeah. yeah, and that's actually what they tried to hit into. That's actually, it's a new course. <laughs> yeah. just hitting the so Garbage ball. But that's not happening while the Super Bowl is happening. Early on, it was. Yeah, and then we just watched more golf after that. It was there That's more golf to watch. <laughs> There's a golf you need channel. A, you need a nap. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love how, wait a second. I love how Taco just comes out and says it. So like he's so surprised. There's a golf channel. <laughs> there's a there's a whole channel. <laughs> I, so let me get this straight because I know who did this. It was your dad, right? It was you hanging oh, yeah, out with yeah. dad, and mm -hmm. so dad said no. We're just going to keep it on golf the rest of the day. Forget the Super Bowl. That's what he said. He went to the uh, he was in the lounge at the at the council fire at the golf course. And he'd been there since nine in the morning, just sitting there drinking beer and watching golf. It was too cold to play. That's what he said. And then you know, like four, he calls me and he's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. He's like, oh, you want to come over and have a beer? Sure. So he called reinforcements in because he'd been uh -huh. you know drinking there all day. Uh huh. And and uh, so then we stayed until about seven or eight. Yeah, but at no point did anyone say, "Hey, guys, the Super Bowl's on. We should at least turn it on." A few people did, but nobody wanted to watch it. I'm I stunned. I don't know. Yeah, I'm stunned. I, it would if you if you'd have said you watched the Puppy Bowl, I would be less <laughs> stunned. Yeah. Than you spent. I'm stunned that I that I watched that much golf. <laughs> Although, I mean, let's be honest, if there's anybody in my life that is good at this, it's you, uh, just having something on and Taco just being okay with whatever it is. That's true. It really yeah. doesn't really matter. He's, you, you know, what do you say? The old, he's a flow. He goes with the flow. Uh -huh, with the flow. Sure. Yeah. And I was, of course, I'm drinking on the old man's tab. So, yeah, I'll have another right over here. Thanks. You could be watching, you know, Barry swimming naked. Yeah, and he would be like, "Yeah, I'm okay with this, so long as <laughs> yeah. yeah. If there's hey, is there beer? If there's, there's still beer, beer, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> beer me. Uh, yeah, was but it wasn't a PBR. And that's the problem. No, they have uh, ultra though, and that's that's mm. pretty good. Is did you do a taste test challenge? Do you think you could uh, tell a difference between an ultra and your favorite beer of all time, which is the Miller High Life? Well, uh, yeah, at this point, I don't know. My confidence is shook. <laughs> I did have another high life. 
I had another High Life the other day and it was pretty good. So, you know, I'm still happy with my choice. Pretty okay. good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very surprised. Taco spent the evening watching golf and not the Super Bowl. I just, it, not, not it's fascinating to me to be in a, um, a sports complex, which a golf course is essentially. But, you know, you get all that, you know, male energy and all the TVs and not one of them happens to be on the biggest event of the entire year. Oh, I agree. I mean, there's like 40 TVs in there and they're huge. It's like the whole wall is TVs. And, Every uh, single one of them is on golf. It was all on golf. Yeah. That's what a waste. Yeah. What a waste. Of <laughs> wow. Well, you were hanging out with your dad. I'll give you that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, And, and he likes football, but he's more into college. He doesn't really do uh, professional. But it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. I don't I either, but it's the like Super Bowl. Was, I, I was surprised, too. I figured he would have well, at least want to, you know, turn it on. Let's see what's happening. No, no care. Well, uh, well, the halftime show was great. I I had no problem with it. I thought it was a a lot of fun. Um, I just think that it's it's just part of the nomenclature at this point that we all just hate everything. Yeah. You know, it just no matter what happens, we have to hate it. I was listening to sports talk radio, um, I guess, yesterday. Actually, no, it's today. And people were bitching and complaining that the game wasn't good enough. Right. I mean, this is how, uh, like, the recency bias of our world, they can't even, like, they need it to come to some, like, it needs to have a season-ending cliffhanger, or it needs to have a season, like, a season-ending big explosion like Ozark does. Yeah. If I'm going to like it. It did, but wow. We didn't like the game. People just want to hate stuff, and I I don't really understand it. And I'll yeah, be honest with you, Barry, I guess maybe it's because I'm older or I just have stopped caring, but I don't even listen to it anymore. I don't even, it doesn't even oh, it doesn't, come through my I radar. Mean, I, come to, I didn't on my spend radar any time with it. It's just, you know, I look, see the people complain. I'm like, yeah, okay. Couldn't see that coming, you know, especially from you or whatever. Hated it. Worst one ever. Eh, okay. Is this mostly on Facebook, you think? Well, because that's, that's where you spend most of your time. Yeah, that's, I spend more time <laughs> than there, there than the others, yeah. Probably. Yeah. This is, we got to get you off of Facebook. I guess. Okay. <laughs> Tell me that's which one. The, that's where all the boomers are. <laughs> to get to Snapchat, we'll start sending them some nudes, Taco. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Don't need that. Uh, Don't I want to, I want to get into the, uh, real quick, the Jack Antonoff conversation that um, yeah, yeah. surprisingly <laughs> blew up out of nowhere. I, I didn't anticipate it getting, uh, as much traction as it did, but if you didn't follow it, we had a conversation with Jack Antonoff from Bleachers last week, and afterwards, by the way, just as we don't talk about this enough, how well the consequence of sound people um, do these write-ups, and they spend so much of their time and energy promoting the podcast, and they do such a great job with it. So they did a, an incredible write-up of the Jack Antonoff conversation, and part of it. Um, they highlighted a kind of, I guess, controversial moment where Jack Antonoff uh, sort of equated uh, Damon Albarn and his description of Taylor Swift as a songwriter to be Trumpian. And I think that got a lot of attention. Consequence did a great job with it. Then it went to Pitchfork and the Rolling Stone. And then all of a sudden, M- NME. Uh, and every publication all of a sudden now has the What Podcast. Um, talks to Jack Antonoff and Jack Antonoff says blankety blank. It was, it was kind of interesting to watch, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I kept, I kept like trying to replay it in my head and I must 
totally admit, I didn't go back and listen to it. I didn't ask him anything about Damon Albert and Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Be one thing if you could claim, boy, I saw that coming. I, yeah. I, I set him up for that one. Old I put pal. that ball on the tee, didn't I? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'll, I'll get the sound bite. I smell it, man. I am so good at this. Watch what happens. I will. No, I didn't even ask him about it. I, I meant to bring up the whole point of me bringing that up was because I wanted to hear how ridiculous some of his requests can be. And right. I knew he'd have a good one. And it was Barbara Streisand, right? Well, that was the whole point. And, you know, just to get there, he mentioned being literal. And I thought I'd throw in, maybe I did it subconsciously. I don't even know. But all I did was mention, he talks about, you know, you either a songwriter, or you're not. And then I said, well, I mean, if you're Damon Alburn, you think it's a very literal thing. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, you mm. did put it on a tee. I didn't nice. expect it to be that. Well, I mean, I don't know. How would you? Okay, um, but here's here's the part that I, and I'm surprised you guys haven't busted my balls about yet. Because uh, around here, it's been, around the station, it's been a big laugh riot on all Brad Guy's part. So if you go back and watch the video, right when he says the most quotable part of the interview, Right. The news part of the interview. He's doing his, you know, you also should just shut the fuck up or whatever he says. Right. Literally, if you're watching the video while he's saying the most newsworthy thing, you see this happen. (laughs) (laughs) If this video finds its way, I don't know, entertainment tonight or something, you're going to see this idiot at a radio station go. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't watch the video. I think I listened to it. That's funny. I'm now I'm going to go back and, and watch. Not, this is this is why you should subscribe to the YouTube channel. You got to watch the video. If you're not watch watching the video. the video, what happened was I guess I was, I was I was rearranging I was rearranging my chair. <laughs> I was rearranging my chair, and I hit the lever that sinks you down. And all of a sudden, he's just talking to an empty screen. Like I went down. <laughs> Such a clown car moment of my life. Nice. <laughs> and like in the middle, the other thing too, and the only reason I, I, I think the guy that works here noticed it is because during the interview, you hear me go, whoop! <laughs> because I'm falling out of my chair. <laughs> Absolutely so stupid. Yeah, there you go. So, so instead of Brad's, instead of Brad stinks, it's Brad sinks. Brad sinks. Brad, yeah. Brad, Brad sinks. sinks. Watch watch this guy. He's a great interviewer. Watch him disappear. <laughs> Whoops. He doesn't even need to be there. <laughs> God, he's good. Funny. Um, it was a good yes. job, though. It was good inter- all the whole interview was good. People should go back was, and listen to all of it. It was. And it was um, a very highly downloaded episode, too. Especially uh, not just, you know, that part, but uh, talking about Super Jam and how much he loves Bonnaroo and all that. I mean, it. He says everything we've been saying for five years. Yeah, I hope we didn't spoil his return. Uh, something tells me that uh, yeah, he's not going back to that. That not guy. coming back that's, to that uh, show. That's sixty minutes. That Brad guy <laughs> can't even get a chair to work properly. <laughs> that guy pulls stuff out. We he didn't mean to say. I don't trust that idiot. Can't even operate a chair. Um, yeah, I I was told that he would do it again. But now that I'm seeing the reaction, I I don't know if he's coming back. <laughs> 
don't know if he's coming back. <laughs> and I really wish that he would because he was actually, I had so much fun with the, the conversation. And, and the really other fun. thing too, that the other thing that I, I noticed was, man, it's just so polarizing whenever you take, um, take sides or shit on Taylor Swift. It's one way or the other, right? It is the most... She, it's like Kanye with her. She is the most polarizing, as polarizing of a person in the industry as you can find. So believe me, I've heard some stories about her. And what I, what you don't want is to have her PR people come after you because she's got a machine. She has a machine and they are on it. You know, I was gonna, I was going to ask about that. And I, I'm a, I like her. I, I don't know a whole lot about her. What is the deal? Is it just because she's so huge that she becomes such a target? I mean, I don't, what has she done that makes her, you know, such a target? If I could be fair, because I don't want to just come out and, you know, bash on Taylor, because I do think that, you know, there are some really good moments in her career and a lot of things that she should be celebrated for. I think that she's not been afraid of rocking the boat and then will act like the martyr afterwards as mm -hmm. if, why is everyone attacking me? As if she hasn't, you know, literally thrown... You she know, has. The, she had some the pretty strong opinions. Yeah, I'll say I'll agree with that. Um, so you know, with all that being said, I think there was a there's a part in the early part of her life where she was sort of slut shamed, and um, I bet that she doesn't really appreciate that too well. <laughs> <laughs> so no, she doesn't really give a damn. And if you are as successful as she is, why would you give a damn? Um, now you get to roast anybody and everybody you want. I think yeah. it's the the sort of um, martyrdom that she always seems to. To, to lay on pretty thick. With all that being said, it is a pretty stroke of genius to have your entire catalog sold out from under you and then just redo it all. Yeah. I mean, okay. Doing it again. Like, like or not, I mean, that's a pretty, yeah. I just, pretty impressive. I, all I know thing. is a lot of people that I know and respect who I would not have thought were Taylor Swift fans love her because they love her. They, her shows are great. And then I have a, a friend who is a musician who defends her and says, you know, first of all, people need to realize she pays the salary of a lot of oh, people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And for no other reason than that, you know, leave her alone. She's an industry under herself. So another one that does that and not people don't even know it. Dave Matthews is a giant in the industry. Now you may think it's just some nineties band who's going back on tour, but if not for, you know, Dave Matthews, there's no ATO or red yeah. light. There is no Bonnaroo, um, you know, the, sure. the 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 umbrella that he has. It's it's unreal. It's absolutely yeah. unreal. And, you know, she's really become sort of that. Um, yep. You know, there's only a few people in this industry that that have that kind of, you know, reach. Yep. Dre to back to the Super Bowl, Dre being one of them. Dre's got a incredible, you know, platform we're talking there. Hundreds, Jay Z, you know, dozens and dozens, hundreds of people who are employed because of these, these guys. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not just a few. So look, I mean, and you don't see, you don't see Jay-Z or Dre or Dave Matthews taking as many shots as Taylor does. Um, but with all that being said, you know, there is some insufferable moments that, you know, she has, you know, been in and you could probably chalk that up to being a child and, and young and, you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I, you know, or just having that big a spotlight put on you. I, you know, we all can sit here and say what we think we would act like and how we would act being that ginormous. Don't know till it's you. So, yeah, right. um, I, I feel like there was something else about the Jack um, 
interview that uh, I wanted to bring up, and I don't necessarily remember what it was. And we did find out that it's 1984. All songs from 1984. I think we all could just assume that. But hearing him say it was pretty cool. Right. Um, had we had some more time, I probably would have you know jumped into more Bonnaroo talk. To be honest with you, but we had such a limited amount of time, and you know I, I had to. Good. I great. had to you set up the job. tea. I had to, you know, set up the Damon Albert conversation somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got what you wanted and got out of there, man. Yeah. That's a pro. The big uh, the big news that came down today. Did you guys see what Coachella said? No. no. Oh, wow. Okay. This just came out earlier. And if you're listening to this on a, a different day, you probably already know. But the news came out that Coachella was going to drop all COVID regulations and restrictions from their festival in April. Um. I don't know if I can see a calendar and the calendar, you know, it looks like April is uh, January, February, March, two months away. And they are already dropping all restrictions. So you don't need a negative test. You don't need a proof of vaccine. You don't need literally anything for 150,000 people. Um, your thoughts, Barry, anything? Not surprised. It feels like with all the others, what Walmart did the same, it, it feels like we're heading that way. And what I think will happen is we'll see that. And then individuals will be making their own decisions. I mean, I had a couple of conversations just today about people, another musician who canceled a local gig. He just doesn't feel right. And yet he was in a, a luncheon room with about 35 people, you know, no mass one, there's one mass. So I'm not surprised. Uh, well, I think of it like, so Mardi Gras is happening right now, and we've been going to parade after parade, ball after ball, and there are moments where I feel a little, you know, a little close, a little tight. So I'll put the mask on, and, I, you know, maybe it makes me feel better or something. Right. That's what I mean. I you know, but that is an open air, open to... You know, I haven't paid a ticket for it. I can just walk in and go home whenever I want to. The only thing about a festival like this is that if you at least have a COVID test or a, you know, proof of vaccine, at least there's some sort of layer of protection. At least it feels like a layer of protection. You don't feel weird about not having that? Oh, I do. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. But it, it's a, I, it's an individual. I think it will become an individual thing like you just said you feel weird about it so you either put a mask on or you back away or go home or whatever um but i think the majority of people are just they're over it they're ready they're done i'm not saying it's right or wrong i'm just saying that's definitely the vibe i feel well that's that's the way that i feel you know i did i did everything that i was supposed to do you know yep. i've i've done all my parts and at some point i've got to you know we got to get out as my uncle would say, get out amongst them, go live, um, you know, but it does you know, make me feel better when I go into a restaurant and they're checking vaccine cards. It does make me feel better. Um, you know, I think it would make me feel better if there was some sort of layer of, of at least perceived precaution. Um, but, uh, you know, the reality is that's probably all it is, is perceived. Probably. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think it's mostly theater. I mean, how many, how many people did we hand our vaccination cards to at a restaurant in New Orleans? And they just like, okay, yeah, fine. I could have handed them a, you know, an Uno card or something. Yeah. They don't really care. They're just, okay, here you, you go. Know what? As yeah. You say that I did it. I've had that card six, seven, eight months. I think I've shown it one time. And that was, well, you're in a different place though. 
I mean, well, but it's I my place. Know. It's whatever. It's, I know. understand, but I don't know anybody that I, like that city has not acted as if COVID was happening since COVID began. They don't. They've never pretended like this thing was a thing. Here, Russ has seen it. Here, you have to show it to get anywhere. Which now, is strange, is, isn't it? Because you're is, you're in a city of disasters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not our disasters, you know. But yeah. they're disasters, and you've seen all of them. Everything but locusts that I can think of. Oh, I've yeah. dated a few. Um, <laughs> but Russ, I mean, Russ is right. I mean, if he showed a if he showed a, a vaccine card that had a penis drawn on it, uh, nobody knows the difference. Yeah, that's fine. He'll take it. Pretty much. I mean, nobody's checking to make sure that the name matches your ID and, you know, but, you know, I don't, I'm happy to show it. I'm, I'm proud that I got it. I, yeah. You know, it's a lot to put on wait staff. I mean, it, it is. is It's tough enough. They got to check your ID and worry about that. And now you put this on them and you know, they've been yelled at and screamed at and called everything. So I'm sure they're over it too. But I mean, like I, know- I said, I'm not saying it's right. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, that, you know, not many people talk about is, I mean, the state of California, you know, basically they're doing it because the state of California has lifted the restrictions here. But, you know, it was at one point the most restrictive state in the entire country. And there might be a tad bit of politics happening uh, right now. So, you know, but also at the end of the day, you know, it does feel like the numbers are coming down. It does yeah. feel like this thing is is starting to go away, but every time that we felt like that, it just comes right back. Yeah. <laughs> like never, again, never I'm not really saying over. you're right or wrong or they're right or wrong. It's just where we are. Um. So today we we haven't even talked about this yet, but today uh, we're gonna have a band from Nashville on Coin. I don't know if you know Coin. Coin's been to Bonnaroo before. They uh, uh got uh, a couple of you know, really, you know, pretty good hits, including one, I think is uh, such a fun song. Talk too much. They're a great live band. Uh, We spent about 20 minutes with those kids uh, earlier last week. And, you know, I think that they're, they would have, my first thought was, oh, good. We get to talk to some kids who have never been to Bonnaroo. And then I forgot that they were at Bonnaroo. We're getting to the point, Barry, that, you know, 17, 18, 19 years in going to this festival I've forgotten half the people that I've seen. I'd, I'd be stunned if you <laughs> if it was different. I loved hearing the story of how they got there, especially uh, was the um, the drummer was that Ryan? That's his name. Mm. Um, talking about it, he told his parents, "Okay, I'm gonna go. Next time I go, I'll be playing there." Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. I mean, that's some Joe Burrow bravo. Uh, bravado yeah, don't you think I like it it's a good interview it's fun we're going to uh, talk to coin but uh, at first if you could because it, it really helps us out uh, it helps uh, the consequence people who have been so wonderful to us for the last year if you could rate and review the podcast that would be uh, quite helpful um you know just takes two seconds i don't know if you need to do it again if you have already done it before uh but you know start a whole new account yeah rate it from a whole new account uh no. Rate and review. It really helps the uh, the whole thing, the whole operation. So yeah. let's talk to Coin afterwards. I want to talk about a Bonnaroo ticket giveaway. Ooh. Okay. Again, we're going to do okay. that. Nice. Yeah. We're going to do it again. again. Yeah. Coin on the What Podcast.
My home life, because of you guys, is so difficult. Do you know how often my wife walks around saying, you talk too much <laughs> every day of my life? I'm so happy that, uh, what, a, what a beautiful accident. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Somebody finally put it into words. Yeah. Brad's you guys, life. You wrote the theme song to my life. Yeah. I'm um, so glad unknowingly we're torturing you. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's right. You know, it, it, it is pretty uh, impressive to write a hook that can be repeated every single day for years as an and years and years later. <laughs> as, yeah. yeah, as an insult, also, yeah. <laughs> um, if, yeah, so let's start the, here, because you, you're talking to some fellow Tennesseans, uh, Barry in Chattanooga, uh, Russ in, outside of Chattanooga, and I left Chattanooga two years ago. Um, you're right up the road in Nashville. Let's start at Belmont, because... Um, you know, for those that don't know, you guys met in college, right? Yeah, around that. Yeah, definitely a formative years. Yeah, Joe and Chase met in a music theory class. And then I was dating someone who sat beside them who volunteered me to basically go jam in Chase's dorm room. So that's how the band started. <laughs> I know a guy. You should yeah. call. I, I think the word, the word jam was definitely used. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> at, that, at that spry age. Yeah. Is anyone guys... using the word jam anymore, by the way? Nobody's. I mean, it, I, no, I think they use free trial. <laughs> free trial. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> were you just looking for, you know, somebody to, to free trial with on weekends or were you guys looking for a band uh, to put a band together? Barry, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what we were after. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I wondered. I mean, that's yeah, some, yeah. I looking backwards, I, I really it was it, it, we were um, had the expectations of um, being the biggest band of the world, but also the hope of absolutely nothing. So uh, it was it was really it was a weird time where like you know you know that you want to make you want to make songs that insult people around the world, and then you also uh, you just you also have no idea what to do or what the next step is. So I'm just so glad I met these people and. Yeah. Um, it's bizarre. It's bizarre that you, like essentially fate led us to be like the, I just can't believe that this is the same people that we started the band with. Like, I feel like there's always some turnover. Yeah. yeah 10 years. Right. Yeah. Almost, oh, yeah. Yeah. Was one of your early tracks. Brad's hair is overrated uh, because that would, uh, <laughs> the new one. cut me straight to the core. <laughs> did you go to school that that always fascinates me how people get together i mean you hear about we put an ad in the paper or put a poster up on a, a bar but belmont's a pretty serious music school uh, so you, you you obviously went there for a reason was it i mean you said you weren't looking to start a band what what were you thinking career-wise to that made you go to belmont well i think each of us can speak to this but uh i mean moving to nashville was more of like i think we all saw it as somewhat like serving as an incubator for our creativity. And like, it just felt like fertile ground at the time. and just felt like the next logical step and not as, not as terrifying as LA or New York seemed at the time. It was just like a baby step forward. And so Belmont was for sure, just a catalyst for me to move there. And I think yeah, it's it's big, it's big the same for Joseph, just yeah. getting to a city with like-minded people and, you know, in a place where just some kind of movement was happening. And, um, but yeah, Belmont, it was less, my dad was a songwriter and um so i always kind of saw it as a possibility to play music and, and really do it as a career it was never like insane for me um so with that was always beautiful to have that, that realistic element at my um you know as, as a as an archetype when, but uh so yeah but i i can't put it into words i was not off to start a band i just um had never played music in front of people and, and joseph and ryan had high school bands and they were like you know what like 
we know how to like do this kind mm-hmm. of and, and and iron sharpens iron and you know here we are when you guys were like first writing do you, you still have some of those tracks do you still go back to them what are you uh what, what are you doing with those things yeah, things yeah. honestly we put out we wrote four songs because the goal of the band was to play like just like one show just see what happens i just wanted to feel what that felt like and i had just recently been to my first concert around that time it was just like this seems like um, what a beautiful connecting experience. And I really wanted to experience that for myself. And uh, like I said, they helped me, but we wrote four songs. So we played our first four song set, which was 13 minutes soaking wet. <laughs> and um, yeah, we actually put those songs out and that, that's kind of what that's those songs led to. We've actually never not put out a song. I don't think that we've written that we've, I mean, we've written a bunch now, but like around the early stages, we just kind of just kept putting out everything. Whatever we had to date would get released and then would help us have a longer set list. Yeah. <laughs> where, where was, where was the show by the way? Oh, wow. So it was at a, there was a magazine that existed briefly in Nashville. I don't think it does anymore. I don't know. It's called native magazine. And it was their launch party which is such a funny word, but it was, and it was in this warehouse building that sounded like a basketball gym. So we always joke that we played in a basketball gym because it just sounded like one. So we had like a drum shield and like, we were like the loudest band. We were the first band and the loudest, the first band and the loudest band (laughs) and the shortest. (laughs) And I know we've all told this story differently about the same, but one detail we all remember is that the next show we were offered was by someone from a venue, what was it, like 12th and Porter? Something like that. And they were like, hey, if you guys can just play a little quieter, like, we'll get you some gigs. And we can, you can play next weekend if you want. We are like, okay. And I, I don't think we ever got quieter, but we definitely did the gig. And then one gig led to the to the next. So Yeah, that's some, some pretty lousy A&R advice, to be honest with you. I, I know, it's like play quiet. <laughs> Loud was like our genre, you know. Yeah, your thing. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, I want to ask yeah. Joseph and uh, and Chase the uh, when when uh, Ryan's girlfriend approached you, did how how many times did she have to keep keep suggesting it? Was it first time or it was the first, first time? time. Wow, I don't know because okay. I wasn't there. I, don't, I still don't know the story. It worked out well, obviously. I mean, I hung out. I ended up hanging out with Ryan like two days later. Yeah became buddies yeah she just really overheard us talking about starting a band she was like you guys need a drummer and uh just really volunteered the rest of his soul for for, to us for the rest of his existence i'm 10 years in the saddle at this point so yeah yeah it worked out that'd have been really uncomfortable if he sucked yeah. Been, uh, I mean, no, yeah. we got the free trial. I feel like we all sucked, so <laughs> it was Commitment. it was good. It would work out. Yeah. Thanks, Kristen. I uh, I uh, and and you guys just decided the fertile ground of Nashville. Um, I guess proved proved uh, you know, good for you. You stayed and you never decided to to bail. Why is that? I mean, uh, we we definitely chose. We, we moved away and we've kind of. It's, it'll always be home and it's always going to be roots and it's always going to be where we leave for tour from. But you know, I mean, who, who knows? Who knows where we'll be forever? But um, we definitely love it and it's it's always served as a reset. So even times we've spent so much time in L.A. or Ryan moved to L.A. Joseph moved to Brooklyn for a while. Mm-hmm. It just it's always that that means of just like reset and come back to the roots and it's always serves as such a such a such a wonderful home well, place for us spe- speaking of drummers barry i uh, got news this morning that uh one of our best friends in the world jared from repeat repeat had you on their podcast uh oh, here yeah. recently yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah jared's jared's a good friend i mean i i've known him and his wife uh since he was working at burger up and i used to work on the same street and i feel like we were just kind of 
doing the scrappy, you know, part-time job thing for a while. And it's, it's been cool to watch him and his band flourish and he's kept up with us too, but yeah, they're, they're great people. You know, I, I've, nice. I've known Jared a long time. I never knew he worked at burger up. <laughs> yeah. That's how we met. And he was like, he always would take care of me and be like, dude, like when are you playing a show? And I was like, I don't know. What do you play to show? <laughs> we had like a fun relationship. So he's a good guy. Nice. So, so when, um, you get, you get the, 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 the records done, you, you get the tours moving and then you get the call from Bonnaroo. Um, that first show that you did in 2017, talk about that, what that meant for you and your career, if it meant anything, um, and what that, like that entry into festival world is like. Yeah, honestly, I, I think at the time I, just it's so part of the zeitgeist especially like in southern culture and, and just america in general you know and i feel like there's something about uh whoa this like russ just showed up what's up russ how's it going <laughs> he must have i've been something. here the whole time what do you <laughs> Where was say hi to lord it's literally gonna how's be going? on tombstone i've been here the whole time <laughs> <laughs> i like that um but uh yeah, there's something really special about being from Nashville and it being so close and almost like a hometown show. And, and just to participate in such a cultural moment was uh, really special. And we're so glad to be playing again this summer. Along those lines, let me, I don't know, Brad, if you looked at their tour, this, this, this list for the next two or three, four months looks like somebody's wish list, right? I mean, this is pretty sweet with you guys going. You got, uh, you've got uh, uh, where to go, top of the list. Harrisburg. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Later this month, let's start there. But then you go to Dublin, Belfast, London, Cardiff, Liverpool, Birmingham. I'm skipping some Glasgow Leeds, And then you've got shaky knees, forecastle governor's ball, and then Bonnaroo. Yeah. It's not a bad summer. No. And, and a lot more to come as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're really excited. We're super grateful. It feels like honestly, what you just said really resonates because we used to look at bands tour schedules and be like, Oh man, that is so sick. Hopefully we could do that one day. I know it, it is special. It's crazy. When so. It's it's, I appreciate you putting that perspective because we've worked so hard for this and you know, you walk inch by inch and, and you were like, of course I should be stronger than yesterday. Of course I should do, do better than yesterday, but nothing's guaranteed. And, and it's just, it's so cool to just take it in and breathe and, um, and realize that the songs we're writing are resonating with people out there and people are assigning their own meeting and uh, to them. It's, it's just special. When, when you, when you said that Bonnaroo is so part of the Southern culture and the zeitgeist, had you been before? I had never been. No, been? no. I, I had friends that started going as early as like 16 and experimenting with LSD and that sort of thing. So <laughs> I, I was from Cleveland, Ohio and had a lot of friends who did like the party. Let's go to, you know, it's a, you know, Nashville's only like eight hours from Ohio. So I feel like a lot of people would caravan down, but I actually remember, and my mother brought this to my attention, but there was a large group of kids going. And I remember I couldn't afford a ticket. And my parents were like, we can't afford the ticket to send you down with them. But like, and I, I just remember saying, okay, I'll just wait until I play it one day, which was such a stubborn thing. And it's such my personality to like set that goal for myself. But when we actually played it, I was like, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so screaming cool. at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. You did it! <laughs> which is funny. We didn't even have a mirror at the, uh, at, at Bonnaroo the first year, 
I remember thinking that the hospitality could be improved slightly. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, see what's up this summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ever talk to Bishop Briggs, the um, the trailers that you stay in they don't uh, they don't hold up because uh, I basically destroyed it in a matter <laughs> of about ten seconds. Just trying to open a bottle, the whole thing came down, and it's oh, I you're right. It, dude. Thank, it's I think, one of my favorite stories ever. She she said just guys. leave. She just finally leave. said just leave. Just leave. Did yeah. she, was she in it when it collapsed? Well, no. uh, yeah. Yeah, we were all there. I uh, ripped down the wall uh, accidentally, and the crashing whole thing was crashing down. Yeah, yeah, he tried to open a. Uh, it wasn't a screw cap, so he tried to pop it on the side. And it I was doing took- the really impressive, like manly thing. I'll take care of this for you, little lady. And uh, I went to open up the bottle, and as I did that, the front of the the cabinetry came. Crush, crushing, crashing down to the ground. The Topa Chico flies across the room. Everything sprays, and literally after the the mess of the day, she just says, "And well, then he did leave. it again." Just leave. Yeah, and then he did, he did it, again. He did it yeah. twice, and that one spun around on the ground. That's <laughs> when she said, "Just leave." Yeah, hospitality <laughs> could uh, couldn't, it couldn't uh, improve a little bit. Um, so, so now you have this this sort of world you know, jaunt that you have, uh, you come back for the summer and Barry went through the, the list forecastle, gov ball, Bonnaroo, shaking knees. Yeah. Shaking knees. I don't want you to pick one, but uh, pick one. <laughs> uh, honestly, I we're, we're playing today at Appalachian state and Boone, North Carolina. We're on the bus right now. And I, I'm just as thrilled to be playing here as anywhere. And I'm just so grateful for any time we get to play in front of humans. Yeah. As this, thing starts to normalize again, you know, getting on a stage and having people safely attend events, whatever that might look like. We're just, we're, we're like so excited to play anywhere. Yeah. Are the European shows much different for you guys? We've only been there a couple times and they've been super special. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, they know, you know, the, the world is a, is a wonderful place. Everybody sings along the same, right? <laughs> it's crazy. I, uh, I hope so. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. grateful for anybody showing up. It's great. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I, uh, I love, I love the new single. I think that you guys are, um, are, it feel, it feels like you got like a fast track. It feels like there's a, there's a Avenue for you guys. When you start to put something together, that is, you know, whatever the next step is, do you keep yourself in sort of like a lane or knowing where your sound is, or are you willing to, to pretty much go, you know, and make a Judah and the lion and try, you know, let's try a hip hop song. Uh, are you that far out of the the lane or do you think that you've got, you're pretty in the pocket and you stay exactly where you, where you are? Um, I mean, somewhat, somewhat of all of the above, uh, it was, we had a really interesting time in 2020 with, you know, of course, Tori getting canceled and I'm sure everybody had a, a wild year, but we just set out to write as many types of songs as we've wanted to write over the years and kind of, instead of letting that our influences creep into our, our music and the way we see it, we we just embraced and, and fully jumped into, you know, being like just paying homage to our inspirations. And so we were able to get out a lot of, a lot of things that would have otherwise been kind of squirrely to, to put into, into our songs. So by getting out a lot, we, I think that it was such a good period of time where we were able to really experiment with things and, and really hone in on what we love to do and what brings us the most purpose. So, uh, no, we don't have a lane other than to, um, to do what feels right. And, um, you know, give the song the, uh, the love it deserves. Somebody told us one time that a song, each song is, is a universe. 
And you know, if it needs more trees, it needs more trees. It needs more oxygen. It needs more oxygen. And so you give the see the song what it needs, and then stop like questioning with the confines of what does the album need? What does it feel more like coin? Whatever these constructs you create for yourself, just give the song the love it needs and then everything will work out. You don't have to put it out, you know, but I think it's so important to fully realize these things, but you're going to put it out anyway. I mean, we'll see. Cause you put everything out. (laughs) No, well, no, see, right. That was a long time ago. We probably wrote 300 songs over the past two years. (laughs) Okay. Well, going back to that, that first chase, when we asked what you, the plan was when you put the band together and you said you had no plan, is it? And 10 years later now you're still very much together. And we talked about all the great stuff. Now, do you guys sit down and, and talk about the future, uh, future oh, albums very, or is it very much so? Yeah. yeah we, we are very, very intentional lot, then, huh? Very intentional and a lot of, a lot of vision planning and, and goals and, um, like responsibilities and assignments. And, uh, I don't want to say you run it like a business, but you you just have to be, yeah, like you said, intentional and and very careful with, um, I've been very convicted by the amount of like love and, and, um, that people have for, for this music. And uh, I want to do what's best by it. You got to be just trying to respect it. Cool. Well, I, I wish you guys all the success. I'm excited to see a Bonnaroo. I, I'm excited to see how the show has, has developed and expanded. I'm just glad to know that it stayed loud. It's just loud. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're excited too. We'll make sure that uh, we start building the dressing room now, so that yeah, it's, sure. It's, yeah, reinforce it's everything. Structurally sound for all of us. Plastic cups. Yeah. Go with plastic yeah. cups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> padded walls for me. It makes things a lot easier. <laughs> Well, hello there. This is Brad Steiner. This is Barry Corder. And after you check out the latest episode of the What Podcast, be sure to check out some of the other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including... Rootsland. It's an original story of two friends who take a musical and spiritual journey from the suburbs of Long Island to the streets of Kingston, Jamaica. Or Kyle Meredith with where you can find interviews with all of your favorite musicians and bands. Hosted by our guy, Kyle Meredith. New episodes air weekly on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. There you go, the Kids of Coin on the What Podcast. Which bands this year that matter? Barry Porter, Lord Taco, Brad Steiner. So um, I know I mentioned this before, uh, but before we get to the, the actual ticket giveaway, I think that we're going to have one of my favorite artists in the history of mankind on next week. Uh, if we can make it work, Barry. Um, I am got the biggest man crush on Britt Daniel from Spoon. So if we can get it on next week, uh, the new album is absolutely incredible. Lucifer on the Sofa, it is not even close. My favorite album of the last year. Uh, go listen to that because uh, Brett Daniel, Brett Daniel from Spoon on the podcast next week. Nice. Very cool. Do you even Very know exciting. Brett Daniel? Do you even know anything about this man? Not, because, as, not as much as you. Because if you would, I would appreciate you doing a little research on Britt Daniel. Look at him. Check out his pictures. 
Look at him. And then realize <laughs> that he looks exactly look at, him. look at him and realize he looks exactly like Nick Turner. <laughs> oh, Nikki T. Nikki you- T hates when I bring this up, but him and the spoon guy look identical. Does he talk like Nikki T? Uh, no, no, a little bit more uh, understated. But uh, I think Nick grew more understated than Nick. <laughs> yeah, I think Nick pers- specifically grew a beard so he would not look like Britt Daniel anymore. He does look like Nick T. I, I know. So yeah, Nikki well, T. Man. He doesn't so, look like me. All these incredible transitions that you hear on the show, they are of uh, Nick's incredible, incredible band. Um, we'll uh, put the link up to check out their SoundCloud and their their Spotify uh, here at yeah, the end of the on, show. Yeah, and on YouTube, I'll put up a picture of Nikki T and uh, Britt Daniel yeah. next to each other. See if people see can pick, pick which, ones can tell who's who. which ones which. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I have got a possibility. I, I need to make total sure but i'm I'm 99 sure we will have tickets uh for the festival again this year like we do each and every year so this is our yearly um show meeting where we discuss literally on the show how we're going to give these away that will end up being something really standard that we do every year uh so <laughs> consider this our promotions meeting how are we giving <laughs> these things away well we've tried to give them away for the last two years and it keeps getting canceled yeah yeah poor jack jack I can't yeah. imagine. Oh well, maybe she'll win again this year. Uh, okay. I doubt it. But still, still not hearing any ideas yet. Guys. What do you want to do? An essay? <laughs> an essay? I love an essay. That. Yeah, I like that. You know, you know what we could do actually, because we've never done it before. Um, we should come up with some sort of like graphic design thing, something that that makes you creative, and you have to whip up something uh, graphically for the show. I like it. Okay. I like it. Something ab- if, about our show or about Bonnaroo? About the, I mean, let's be honest. It's about us. Okay. I like it much better. <laughs> You're getting there. I like it. Yeah. I just remember when something I just creative re- about I remember the show. when uh, we gave away at my old radio station, we gave away Alabama Shakes tickets. Was it Alabama Shakes tickets or Shaky Knees or something like that? I had like 200 people make pictures of me and Brittany Howard. It was just me and her Photoshop. So it was like me and her. It's just like McCartney's head off and my head on Paul McCartney's body and me and her jamming together. That's funny. That's what I'm looking for. When Cher came uh, to Chattanooga many years ago, the paper at the paper, we did a uh, contest where we drew a car, uh, like a cutout Cher and people had to uh, make their own fashion cutout thing like the oh little, that's cute like it in was great real magazines like yeah whatever. yeah yeah it was awesome you mix and match hats and skirts yeah. and all that it was for, for cool. the for the kids cool. listening magazines were these paper publications that you would read on a weekly if basis I had one here i would show <laughs> yeah they're from the 1900s <laughs> so is barry yeah uh, exactly so i, I like so this. this this is a good uh this is a good it's a good start maybe you know we can do it that exact thing, Barry. <clears throat> and on either socials or the site, Taco, we give people available pictures that they can use. I like that. Uh, yeah. Taco's that can... beard and put it on my face or your face or something. That'd be kind of funny. If <laughs> anyone touches my hair. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for yeah. you to go there. If, if you want to win, <laughs> stay away from the hair. Stay away from the hair. Um, all right. There you go. Anything else we'll we need to get to this fun. week? 
No, I don't think so. Uh, looking forward to your interview next week, and we'll have Jeff Quayar on sometime soon. I'm very much looking forward to that. He's always great. Uh, you know, he's changed jobs, so maybe we can get him to give some inside history of the Bonnaroo and festivals in general. He's oh, he guy. better let it all out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Spill it. I mean, yeah. it's not like he's under some sort of NDA anymore. Yeah, let's go. I don't know he's, but, uh, people spill I, it, pal. Spill if you listen to our show before, you know, Jeff, he's been on a couple of times. He knows festivals and he knows the industry and uh, very excited to talk to him. So we got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, as a uh, very wise man once said, we got a lot of things. Got a lot of things. All right. Lord Taco, Barry Porter and Brad. We'll talk to you uh, next week on what podcast. Bye. Consequence Podcast Network. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.